the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Seared podcast of SR Cardinals Talk on the web. I'm your host, Jess Root, from Cardswire.com, the USA Today NFL Wire site, with my co-host for our preview show. This is Seth Cox from RevengeOfTheBirds.com, SB Nation's Arizona Cardinals site, and also one of the hosts of the original Draft Breakdown podcast. Um, we're in episode 501. This is our week 17 preview, picks, and props uh, show, Seth. Um, <laughs> All I can say is, hey, guess what? We're going to get our pants beat off this week. But there's some hope that they might look a little bit good de- you know, offensively, right? Yeah, that's the hope. I mean, the, the, uh, the drop-off in what has happened in Philadelphia after, after uh, Jonathan Gannon left is kind of appalling i mean it's just it's crazy to see the difference a year has made um i wrote about it today and and it's it's not something that you see very often when you talk about a team that i mean realistically didn't lose any big name starters i mean i know kaiser white's in arizona i know the linebackers the linebackers was the biggest thing that they lost is in chicago but but quite frankly those you know theoretically shouldn't have been the big of losses. Javon Hargrave was probably the biggest loss, but you felt like with all that they've done in the draft and how much they've been lauded for all that they're doing, you know, bringing in every single Georgia player that's ever played in Georgia, uh, that, you know, they were going to be one of the best defenses in the NFL. And it just seems like it, it seems like one of the, the, you know, things that always wins out is winning again and that's father time right Darius Slay is uh is he 32 this year I believe um I gotta double check I don't know if pro football reference just doesn't change their age or if, if he's yeah he's 32 this year James Bradbury's 30 they traded for safety Kevin Byard who's 30 like this is an all-in team right now yeah I mean you have You have Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, who are 33 and 35, respectively. I mean, Bradley Roby, who was playing quite a bit early in the season, has is 31. Zach Cunningham is 29. You know, Hassan Reddick is 29. Like these guys are all they they just signed a very old looking Shaquille Leonard. For those of you not familiar, used to be Darius Leonard. one of the you one know, of the fan, one of the best off the ball backers there were, and then looked slow this and, year, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, just fell off a cliff. I mean, injuries have plagued him throughout his career, and then in twenty twenty two, he basically lost the whole season, and and now it just looks like a guy that just can't move like he used to. And so you just look at it, you know, as much as you as we have said, like I think they do miss. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, and, and the stats don't lie. I mean, that's the easy thing to look at. You know, they were eighth last year in in points per game at 20.2. They were second in yards um, given up. This year, they're 25th in points per game, 
24.4 and they're 20 uh 20th in yards so like 27 and 28 spot drop um or sorry 18 17 and 18 spot drop in one season and i get it like it's it's tough to lose tj edwards it's tough to lose kaiser white but you and Javon Hargrave, that that trio in the middle of the defense is very important. But I mean, to go from a top five defense to a, a you know bottom twenty in in one off season without, I mean, it'd be different if you were saying like, hey, you know, uh, uh, what's Jordan Davis and and Jalen Carter aren't playing right they're they're hurt if Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat have been out all season if if Fletcher Cox even though he's 33 you know just couldn't go anymore but like these guys have all been healthy and playing almost every game you know they've missed they've missed some time but it's not overwhelming by any means and and so it's just it's crazy to see all of this kind of play out because what was the stat before last game? Like the last four games or five games, they were statistically the worst. The worst defense in the league. Yeah. We can kind of look at it. So last year they were eighth in points allowed. They're 25th now. Uh, They were 12th in third down defense. They are third to last and 30th. They were 17th in red zone defense last year. They're 29th. They have 45 sacks this year so far. They had 70 last year. I mean, you weren't going to replicate the, the the sack numbers, but all of like those important metrics, you know, points allowed, third down, red zone, they are all significantly worse this year. And, you know, as much as as was the the case about Jonathan Gannon is that they people thought he should have done more with the defense that they had and now they're doing far less with much of the same talent now obviously you you've come in with a, a, a new scheme you have new personnel running the scheme at linebacker but like you look at it you're like were TJ Edwards and Kaiser White that critical um, you lose your linebackers coach, Nick Rollis. And, and, and the fun part is, is now kind of the, the, the story that came out for ESPN, how Philly's, the, the, the Philly media, the Philly fan base, they're upset again about Gannon because they feel like that because he didn't tell them soon enough about whatever happened that they lost out on Vic Fangio. But the funny thing is, is that Vic Fangio, honestly, we thought – we thought, and it felt like a long time, that he was a package deal with Sean Payton in Denver, and it was it was Miami that sweetened the deal for him to go there. Um, so, like it, for us, like Philly was never really a thing, right? Yeah, and that's I mean, but that's the thing is there always needs to be a villain for the bigger teams why things aren't going their way, right? And and for the car and for the Eagles, it's the Cardinals. It's the Cardinals' fault that they're just not, you know, that that the <laughs> so happy that to see Eagles, that our team yeah. is affecting somebody, um, is impacting some other team somehow because apparently, you know, they're a bad team. So this bad Cardinals team is making the Eagles worse. Right. Right. Right, exactly. And so, you know, it's just one of those situations and you look at it, you kind of go through the season for them and, and, you know, 
we highly you know we're highlighting a bunch of things and they have a they have some really impressive wins i mean you go back early in the season right uh they they beat a good tampa bay team pretty pretty bad 25 11 right and then <clears throat> they uh they beat up on the miami dolphins coming off their their first loss of the season the the eagles first loss they beat up on the miami dolphins 31 17 uh, that first cowboys game they kind of were in control the whole time but again, you kind of look at the numbers, and and the numbers were staggering uh, in those games. And you know, even the week before, you you see their win over the the Washington Commanders, and they gave up 472 yards of offense. I mean, just baffling. And then you go, and they beat Kansas City, right? And Kansas City hasn't looked great. Let's be honest, this no, season. They've been, they've been uh, recently. Uh, and then they beat. Buffalo, but they give up 505 yards of offense. And then they just get shellacked by the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, they just get... Well, they got not only shellacked by the 49ers, but the Cowboys as well, which was right. which was really worrisome for them. Uh, and then they got out physicaled by, by Seattle and gave up that, that, that big-time touchdown pass at the end of the game by, by Drew Locke. And then they barely... like. They they gave up twenty five to Tyrod Taylor and the Giants. Come on, now granted, now they they held them to two hundred and ninety two total yards, but the Giants put up twenty five against them. Right, and you know they finally kind of broke out of their offensive funk. And by the way, you know when you um. When you talk about their offensive funk, you talk about, you know, a team that was still pretty easily averaging over 300 yards of offense every game, but they put up 465 yards. But you look at that offensive funk and what it really boiled down to was their inability to throw the ball. Um, From week nine, their win over the Dallas Cowboys, they they threw for 183 yards. They had a bye week. They came out against Kansas City. Talked about they won, but they threw for 124 yards. Then they beat the Buffalo Bills, threw for 193 yards. Then in that 49ers game, they threw for 287 yards, but a lot of that was just kind of garbage time, chuck it up type of stuff, right? Um, and their loss to Dallas, again, they're, like you, you mentioned, their blowout loss to Dallas, 218 yards passing. And then against Seattle, only uh, 143 yards passing. Like, their passing offense was bad. I mean, there's no other way around it. And and you can't really make a lot of excuses. I know that they were without Dallas Goddard, but you can't tell me that. I mean, come on. D- A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Now, yeah, Goddard. But then you've got the, that, that. This is, imagine, <laughs> imagine, imagine Kyler with weapons like that this year. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and so that's you know that's the way it's it's been, and and so uh, it's just it's just really interesting to see how it's going to go, um, and and where it all kind of falls in to play because it, it's just been a a weird year, and you look at it, I mean AJ Brown's got basically 1400 yards we'll get into the you know numbers shortly Devonte smith's got over a thousand yards so and, and like i said i get missing goddard but like he missed three games like you can't tell me those three games were um 
you know, so it's just one of those things that I just don't, um, I just don't see what the struggles have been outside of it's kind of been Jalen, right? Jalen Hurts, and and we'll get to him, and he's having another very good year, but it's definitely a down year comparative to last year where he was the MVP runner-up, and and his numbers are probably going to end up similar, if not slightly better, but their numbers, when you kind of dive into them, are what is going to be worse, and and more than anything, it's his efficiency that's back around where he was in his first two years where there was a lot of questions about whether or not he was the future. Now, he's completing a higher percentage of passes still. Uh, and and so, you know, it's one of those situations where I just, I I mean, Outside of the national games, and I'm sure you're the same, I haven't dug into enough Philly film to see what's going on. But to see a guy that went 14-1 and last year and made a lot of it look easy and was incredibly efficient to now this year where it looks like a slog every time he's on the field. Uh, um, and by the way, that's not going to change what's going to happen this week, right? Like We, we know what's going to happen. But like, like you said, it's just interesting that that's where – his season is comparative to last year because it's just it's just so different from what we saw and what we kind of expected because regression is fine but it's he's he's basically playing at the level that we've seen Murray play right like that his play has been the level of what statistically uh, aside from the rushing touchdowns that that people are upset about why Kyler isn't doing better, right? Like what we saw last year before he got hurt, or even, even you know, that in 2021 to some extent, because his impact was greater than his statistics, let's say. And and while Hurts is, I mean, he, he could crack 4,000 yards passing, but 20 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, he's, he's you know, he's, turn, he's not, got the, not got the same... You know, turnover to touchdown rate. Granted, he does have, um, he does give you 15 rushing touchdowns, so that gives him 35 total touchdowns. So that's that's still a really good year. Um, but yeah, last year last year really felt sort of like there was a groove that there hasn't been this year. Right, and and it just it's weird. I I think I texted you this a couple times too. Like when you watch him run, now he did look a little better this week, but it, like he just looked slow at the beginning of the year, almost like he was kind of heavy, um, like over overly musculature, if you will, uh, and he just wasn't moving quite as fast. And so, you know, it's interesting because they're still obviously a great team. They're they're still playing offensively, especially. Uh, statistically speaking, they're still playing at a high level. I mean, seventh in points down from, I think, second last year or third last year, uh, third. Uh, you know, but that's a huge change, right? 28.1 points per game and only giving up 20.2. So basically an eight points per game differential. And then you look at this year, it's 26.1 and 24.4. So, I mean, less than a two-point per game differential. And they're basically a 500-team masquerading as an 11 and 14. Um, and, you know, that's easy for me to say because I'm I'm a non-biased 
observer of what's going on. But I mean, you look at you look at their wins. Uh, you look at their wins, and they beat the Patriots week one, 25-20. Uh, they beat the Vikings 34-28. I mean, those are one-score games. They beat the Commanders in overtime 34-31. They lost that Jets. We all remember that that night, right? That, that was a kind of a crazy loss. Then they come back, and they kind of make it look easy and, and boring against the Miami Dolphins. Remember that game, 31-17? Yeah. and. and Miami, everybody basically was like, oh, they're frauds. You know, 244 yards of total offense for Miami. And and, and those games, the, that first seven sets of games, you're like, hey, this is still a really great team. And then from there, everything just kind of flipped. They were outgained the next two games, even in, in wins, you know, 374 to 472, 292 to, to 406. Um. And then the next week, they beat Kansas City again, outgained. They beat Buffalo, outgained. And then kind of like what we talked with Brock Purdy about on, on Tuesday, right? Like sometimes like you can get away with those things for a couple of weeks or, or even three, but they got away with it for four weeks in a row. Four games in a row, they they got away with it, and then it all came crashing down. And, and San Francisco beat them down, and, and Dallas beat them down, and then Seattle out, you know, kind of played them to a stalemate. But their defense wasn't good enough, and their offense just couldn't make enough plays. They had the two turnovers, and then, like you said, the New York game, like Tommy DeVito basically spotted them two touchdowns, and and it, it, you know Tyrod Taylor comes back and and uh, makes plays, so. It's just one of those situations where you uh, – it, it, I just don't know what to make of this team outside of that they're far and away better than they are for the Cardinals. <laughs> for sure, for sure. The, it's not like they're struggling, struggling like the Cardinals are struggling. They just, with the expectation of being a Super Bowl team, haven't always looked like one this year. Now, the, the, there's postseason, things change and all that, but it's been far harder for them this year than last year, which I guess should be somewhat expected because they are a year older at many positions. Um, while they they don't have 70, or they're not on pace to get to those 70 sacks they had last season, 45 is still a lot. Uh, Hassan Reddick still up there with 11 sacks, another double-digit year for him. Josh Sweat has six and a half. They have four players with at least five, as Fletcher Cox and rookie Jalen Carter um, have five sacks each. Um, you've got, you know, Nicholas Morrow, who came in this year, um, you know, with Zach Cunningham kind of replacing the T.J. Edwards and, and Kaiser White uh, duo. He's come in with 70 tackles and three sacks and, and a forced fumble and four pass breakups. So he's been he's been pretty productive this year. Um yeah, and ten tackles for loss. He leads the team in that numbers. Well, except for Reddick with his twelve uh tackles for loss. And then I mean, you've got you've still I mean the fact of the matter is is they still have a lot of weapons offensively. And and so while defensively kind of been the struggles, metrics though, you look at kind of the rankings and this is where this is interesting is that they're number five in uh, – I'm sorry, they're number six in – no, that's bad. That's that's their offense. They run the ball really well, but defensively, uh, they are a top-ten rush defense. However, they're very middle of the road in yards per attempt, um, which, you know, you think – you look at the Cardinals and what they can do. But 
DeAndre Swift is having a fantastic year. He's got 988 yards on on 4.6 yards per carry. Obviously, if they get to third and one and fourth and one, it's an automatic first down. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, he's got he's done a little bit of everything this year. He's got 207 rushing yards and another 168 in the passing game. Uh, then you go to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, both over 1,000 yards. And so that offense is still still really good. And, and despite despite the limitations or kind of the down year that Jalen Hurts has had, um, that does that's in no way we think that that he's going to struggle with the Arizona defense, right? Right, and that's just kind of what it is. I mean, you look at it. You you mentioned you know Swift. He's having a great season. He's probably going to have a uh, thousand yards from scrimmage for the. F- or thousand yards rushing for the first time in his career, uh, you know. And you look at what he's done this year. It's it's kind of funny that again you you go back his his efficiency is good. It's not great, but it's good. That you know four point six yards per carry is a good number, but you look at last year, you know five point five yards per carry. His touchdown numbers are a little interesting, but not shocking with, you know, of course, Jalen Hurts and never getting the ball if they're inside the two, basically. Um, and he, I think I read a crazy stat where he's been stopped at the one eight times this season. <laughs> so, you know, which again, just means that he's not going to get a touch there, which is unfortunate, but I mean, also fantasy you know, Jalen Hurts fans, fantasy owners with right. Jalen Hurts are are happy for all the touchdowns inside the one. Yep, yep, for sure. Um and, you know, and it's crazy to see the disparity because Jalen has fifteen and DeAndre has five, but <laughs> uh DeAndre has all uh, you know, seventy more carries than uh than Well the fact of the matter Jaylen is Hurts. that they're that you know, that brotherly shove play is so unstoppable. it's virtually unstoppable. The only thing that stops them are illegal formations. It's really when they call offsides on their guards, um, and that, that's really the only thing. And, and the fact of the matter is, they have an incredibly strong running quarterback. It's not that he's mobile, but he's very strong in the lower body. Their center, Jason Kelsey, is one of the best in the game, even it is even in his thirties, right? And the leverage he creates. Um, off the snap is kind of what the difference is, is that between that uh, hurts his strength. And it's it's kind of a because not no, almost no one else in the NFL has been able to replicate that consistent success with that play play, which is why which is why when I keep hearing people talk about they need to ban the play, it's like why only one play only one team does it well. Right. And that's what it really matters. And that's what I say to people all the time is like, you know, and people go, why don't the Cardinals do it? because they don't have a quarterback that squats 600 pounds. Like if, if people don't understand that, you know, we've watched Jason, uh, sorry, not Jason Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes get hurt on that play, right? Like he had to miss, uh, what, four or two games a couple seasons ago when he injured his ankle on that specific play. Like, uh, that's why you got Clayton tune. <laughs> and he's like, he's been efficient at like the couple times that he's been in. That's totally what it's good for. And it's the Cardinals. They have lots of other weapons. And so, yeah, uh, I, 
let's go on and talk about the game now. Coming up next on the Rise Up Series podcast, best of Cardinals talk on the web. Let's move on to the matchups, the keys. We're actually looking at the game matchup, Cardinals-Eagles. That's coming up next on the Rise Up Red. We're back on the Rise of Red podcast, best of Cardinals talk on the web. Uh, moving on from talking just about the Eagles, how do the Cardinals match up? Whew. So, yeah, we've seen the Cardinals, They, they you know, the Bears put up 27. The 49ers put up 45. The Rams put up 31. The Ravens put on put up 31. I'm sorry. The Rams scored 37. The Ravens scored 31. This this defense, they're going to struggle to slow this offense for sure because uh, I don't see them slowing DeAndre Swift. Khalil Herbert basically ran all over them. Uh, Justin Fields ran all over them, and I don't see how that's going to change. That and we joked about it. What was it um, on Tuesday or, or whenever it was we were talking on the show? How you know if if the Bears could rush for 250 yards, I wouldn't ex- I would expect that much to 300 yards between Swift, Hurts, and, and Gainwell, right? Yeah, but the problem being that they also have what uh, an excellent passing game, a, <laughs> a, a good offensive line, and so it's going to be really tough to see them even. Um, even be able to stop the pass and so that just you know it's just a situation that you look at and you're just wondering like where do they get enough stops to even be competitive in this game it's not to be doom and gloom we're hopeful that this team is going to flip the switch and be able to compete in terms of um scoring and, and keeping the game close that way uh and then maybe be able to create a turnover or something of that nature it's some sort of red zone stop missed field goal something like that but this is i mean yeah it, you look at what the eagles were able to do they they 465 yards of offense uh last week against the giants and i can't see this game going any differently defensively uh we still have not like Yes, the Cardinals got a sack last week, but that wasn't a real sack. That was that was a sack for Dennis Gardeck, who happened to be closest to to Justin Fields, who ran out of bounds. They still haven't been getting to the quarterback. Uh, that's now four games where it's been the pass rush has basically been non-existent. Um, teams can run basically at will against the Cardinals, and so I, I don't see like. If you're talking about defensive keys, I mean, create turnovers, slow the run game, but I don't know how you're going to do that, especially now that Jeremy, Jeremy, uh, Jonathan Ledbetter's done and and you're starting Chris Barnes, who's, your, I guess, your third best off-the-ball backer, and you're getting, well, now in Zayvon Collins, their best edge run defender has been limited with an ankle injury this week. We'll see how that goes. But it's, it's just, it's one of those games where you're like, yeah, keys, yeah, s- slow the run, but... How are I'm not sure how they're going to do that. They're going to need like an insanely disciplined, an insanely disciplined performance from literally everybody on the defense, and they can't miss tackles, and they've been missing tackles, too many tackles, and and you know they're just not. Again, from a talent perspective, uh, and I, I don't know if you mentioned it, they might be getting Lucky Fotu back this week, which should theoretically give them a little. But I mean, how much can you expect of Lucky when he hasn't played in, you know, a month and he's not going to be in in game shape yet? So is he going to be able to, you know, give you even 40 percent <clears throat> of the snaps? You know, in this game. Yeah, you're talking about a starting defensive line of of Kevin Strong, 
uh, Roy Lopez and Dante Stills. That's not gonna. That's not going to exactly instill. It's not threatening to anybody that the Cardinals face. Um, well, and then like you said, especially one that runs the ball so well, anyways, and you've got an interior line of Kelsey, uh, Cam Jurgens, and 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 uh, Landon Dickerson who have been playing well. You know they're kind of weak link, and then they have a Hall of Famer in Lane Johnson. Their their weak link is is the uh, Tyavatai, right? Like the kid, the guy uh, from the seventh rounder who's been good. I mean, he has. My You mean? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, can't pronounce his name. Yeah, Mylotta. Sorry, yeah. Jordan Mylotta. Yeah, uh, you know the seventh rounder who's been good. I mean, he hasn't been. It's not like he's an all-pro by any means, but he's been very good. Um, and when he's your weak link, you're like, oh shoot, like that's a that's a good team. And so the, you know that's where they're they're at from from that perspective for the Cardinals. Um, you know, and you look at it. I I think what we saw last week, if, if for those that watched, you know, Christmas Day, I, I don't blame you if it didn't. You know, it was two thirty in the afternoon and you have a lot of better things to do with your life than watch the uh, Philadelphia Eagles take on the New York Giants. It's, you know, di- it's different than if you're watching the Cardinals or even a big game, but this is a, that's a, that's a scrub team against a, that was an NFC East game with the scrub team and the Giants that's playing their backup slash third string quarterbacks. <laughs> right. And you look at it and they've got, you know, but, but what kept them in this game? Well, it was, it was, Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts threw a pick six. Uh, he had a fumble. Uh, AJ Brown, or sorry, Boston Scott lost a fumble on a kick return that uh, that the Giants recovered and then immediately scored. And that was coming out of the half, right? So, you know, they're they're a very sloppy eleven and fourteen. They're not they're not as buttoned up nearly as they were last year. When you're talking about uh, a team that forced a lot of turnovers. They still had, you know, or no, yeah, they for, they were fifth in turnovers forced, and they were fourth in amount of turnovers. They had 19 turnovers total last year. Already this season, they're at 23. Um, and then the they're 20. 20- I guess there's one of our keys: create the one again, take care of the football, which they've done. They honestly, the Cardinals have done a pretty good job of taking yeah. care of the football since Kyler came it, back. It, I was going to say that that's one of the things that is super underrated about Kyler. And it can be to a frustrating standpoint too, is that sometimes he's overly cautious with the football, but he's also a guy that's been taught his entire life. The most important, you know, as, as a coach, I can tell you the thing you hammer in kids early is like the most important thing is the football, like take care of the football. Uh, you know, don't get, Eagles, don't give it to them. The Eagles have turned the ball over seven times in their last three weeks. They've only taken the ball away twice. So, you know, if the Cardinals can take care of that, at least at least be competitive. I, you know, you want to see James Conner um, perform well. He was the lone bright spot basically last week. I wouldn't say Kyler was a, but Kyler didn't couldn't really couldn't show off much. Um, we we want to see Paris Johnson against Hassan Reddick. That's going to be a big one. Uh, Reddick rushes a lot from that side, and he moves around a lot. But that's that's going to be another important matchup there, right? Um, and then how does the interior line hold up uh, against those big guys? Uh, Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, those guys are all those are all beasts. 
they're honestly all all of them including the old man Fletcher Cox are freaks of nature um but in terms Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis are just two of the most ridiculous athletes at their size that we know of and and Jalen Carter is super productive this year five sacks so far from the interior um he's got He's got a fumble recovery that he returned 42 yards for a touchdown. Yeesh. He's he's been good, and that's that's not even in a starting role. He he is a rotational guy. He's got five sacks. Uh, Fletcher Cox, you know, still 33 years old. He has five sacks of his own. 17 quarterback hits, and and, and they get to the quarterback. So you've got 23 quarterback hits from Reddick. Josh Sweat has 22, and then 17 for Fletcher Cox. They're getting it from the edge, and they're getting it from the interior, which you know that that defensive line, that offensive line is going to have to is going to have to hold up, and that run game's got to be consistent enough so that the Kyler doesn't have to drop back forty to fifty times. Yeah, and it, and you know one that's the one thing is when you do drop back and when you when you start to play that game <clears throat> that plays into Philadelphia's abilities in in, in their hands uh, and. That's what makes it tough. But, you know, you look at it on the other side of, of things, you know, they've they've sacked um, the opposing quarterback 40 times a season. The, you know, they've sat or Jalen Hurts has been sacked 34 times this season. A lot of that comes from, again, I just don't think that they're that he's moving with this. Again, I thought this last game or last couple games, he's moving better. Uh, but he's there he's just not moving with the same um speed that he was prior you know so so we'll see uh the other thing is their their kicker has been fairly good this year Jake Elliott he's 28 of 30 from uh on field goals 40 or 41 from extra, on extra points um <clears throat> but it's Philly right and you know kind of like Chicago you always have to worry about and I haven't looked again uh the weather and what's upcoming and, and Sunday's supposed to be mid forties again. So it shouldn't be uh, an issue. Have really? I mean, aside from the, the, the rain during the game against Pittsburgh, they've really, they've really looked out on their East coast games. Yeah. And, and so you look at Elliot, he's missed one inside of 30 and one inside in the 50 plus range. I mean, he's, he's been pretty nails this year. Uh, he's, he's one of the better kickers in the NFL. Uh, has been for a while uh so it's you know i don't know if there's a lot that you look at it's one of those questions that i got asked in our, our weekly previews is like what is what is a matchup that favors the cardinals in this game and you look at it and you're kind of like you just kind of stare at the question for a little bit and you're like <laughs> i don't really know they might have a better kick maybe right exactly <laughs> I, I, well and i said this during the game against the bears Outside of the fact that the Cardinals are are doo doo, like why isn't Matt Prater being talked about as the All Pro kicker this year? Like what he's done this season for a team that's complete garbage has been nothing short of of spectacular. I mean, I know he's only made twenty four field goals, but he's twenty four of twenty seven, and two of his misses are from fifty plus yards. No, no, not just fifty six. Uh, 55 plus they're for 55 and 56 yeah. yards he's hit you know he he set an nfl record 
uh, six field goals made of at least 55 yards. He can break. He can tie the record for 50 plus with two more, which knowing the Cardinals, they'll probably do uh, over the next over the last two games. But because yeah, that's the only way they, yeah, that's the only way they can score half the time. So. <laughs> oh, it's just so sad, so sad. So I mean. I, I don't know. It, it it doesn't look like it's trending towards Hollywood's playing this week as he's missed second two days in a row of practice. But they absolutely, I mean, they need, they have to, have to get something else from their receivers. Michael Wilson needs something. And maybe maybe this is the game that they can do that. But that's really hard to do. It's really hard to do when you only have, you know, you've got Michael Wilson, Trey McBride, and then, and, and Michael, Michael Wilson, honestly, is a question mark right now. I mean, people were super high on early in the season. It was easy. But, the NFL's tough. The NFL's tough. And if, if if that run game, if they can't get anything down the field at all from the receivers, it's going to be a long afternoon. Now, you know, and I think the Cardinals can move the ball because I think they're going to be able to. And, and this is the hard part is they can keep like, – they've got to stay on schedule. For some reason, this team, if they get behind the stick, it sticks at all, they, they, their offense turns into garbage. Yeah, and I mean that's just what it is when you have no playmakers that are creating separation or getting uh, separation. It, it causes issues, and it's one of the things that you know you look at and <clears throat> you you do wonder. And this is something that you know I'd love to sit down with <clears throat> Drew Petzing and kind of just pick his brain of like, hey, are you just running the offense that you want to run? moving forward and and you're kind of square peg round hole this thing with with a bunch of slot guys that you're asking to run vertical routes and and physical you know routes and and win in one-on-one situations where they're just overmatched physically as opposed to like seeing that you have you know rondell and greg and and a, a banged up hollywood brown and you don't really have any size until michael wilson came back last week and and why aren't you running more of those mesh concepts, those quick concepts, and and getting the ball out quickly? I mean, if you look at this, and and obviously, I mean, just from a stature standpoint, not from a talent standpoint, but a lot of this reminds me of those uh, right after Randy Moss kind of fizzled out in New England, and their the the Patriots' passing game was basically, uh, you know. Um, Julian Edelman, right? Like you, <laughs> yep. you kind of wa- watched what he did, and and you go back to those, you know, 2013, 2014, and and he's catching the ball 105 times, but he's only averaging 10 yards per catch, <laughs> and and that's you know, that's what I look at and I kind of see, and it's like, why are you not you like you see it? Why not attack it that way? But and I'll say this, like if you're thinking like, hey, we're not playing for anything this year. So I want I want to be able to get <clears throat> Tyler comfortable making the reads and the throws that he needs to be making. I mean, you look at that, you look at that 2013 Patriots team and, and Edelman, Danny Amendola, don't know if people remember him, and and Gronk played half a season. Like those were the Aaron Dobson, Kenbrill Tompkins, like those were the other names. Um and so that's kind of what they're they have, and so it's like, why not, you know, why not try 
something different. But if you're saying like, hey, this is what we're going to run next year, Kyler needs to be used to it. So when we bring in a Marvin Harrison Jr. or a Malik Neighbors or, or you know, we sign a T. Higgins or whatever, that you're able and you're comfortable with with the routes already and now you you're throwing yes you're throwing them to different guys but you know they're they're it's being done in a way that helps in terms of uh trying to figure out where and how those guys fit in and so i just i don't know uh you know because you look at this game the biggest the biggest disparity or or where they should theoretically have the best opportunity is attacking a terrible pass defense i mean like i said 40 sacks they're they're very a very good pass rush team but they're uh 27th in yards allowed uh and they're they're 31st in touchdowns allowed uh they're they're 29th in interceptions and that goes back to what i talked about with all of a sudden, the you know guys like Darius Slay and James Bradbury hitting that age 30, 31, 32, and now they've kind of fallen off a cliff. Because I think Darius was a All Pro just last year, wasn't he? I'm looking right now. So he was a Pro Bowler, yeah. So he was a yeah. Pro Bowler last year. Uh, but I mean, he had a great season. He had three interceptions, 14, 14 passes defensed. You know, he just he had a great a great season, and and now this year he just looks kind of old and slow unfortunately and and <clears throat> like you said now he's hurting on top of that didn't play last week probably again probably not playing this complete, week he just had no reason injury. to right yeah like no no reason to even with him you know so, or without so, him so the but, Eagles should get Avante Maddox back this week I believe yeah and he, I think he's their slot guy typically um, you know, and, and sorry, it was Bradbury was a second team all pro last year. That's who it was. And he looks, and, and again, this isn't, this isn't a one for one. I don't want people to take this as like, is like, he's bad, no, but he no, is, he's is just... looked, he has looked very bad this year. <laughs> like just, just not, not Marco Wilson bad, but no, no, not quite that bad, but. <laughs> So yeah, so I mean it's just tough. Like where where are the matchups that you can take advantage of? That's where it is, but that's also probably the biggest weakness of the Arizona Cardinals right now. Yeah. Yeah. Coming up next on the Rise of the Red Podcast, Mr. Cardinals talk on the web. Let's wrap things up to the predictions and prop bets section. That's coming up next on Rise of Sea Red. We're back on the Rise of Sea Red Podcast, Mr. Cardinals talk on the web. Let's move this along to our predictions and the prop bets that we like in this game. Um, recording on a Thursday afternoon. We don't have a ton. Uh, we don't have the alternate, but we've got some things that that we like. And, you know, looking at some of the props. So I will say, because what I expect this game to be, you know, the, the, the total is at 47.5, 48, depending what you're at. I wrote today for our NFL Wire for all 16 games. It's 32 prop bets. Um, I said take the alternate over because you can get over 50 at plus 110. Now, if you want to get spicy, because I think, I, I, you know, spoiling my, my prediction down the line, I think it's going to be a 37-24 type game where the Cardinals get blown out but still show some life offensively 
and that would put them over 55. So if you want to get a little, little, you know, a little spicy, go up to like over 55 or 53. I think up 53 and a half I saw was at plus 150. That's fantastic. Those are fantastic odds. And so I'm saying, you know, at least get into the plus odds category for the for the total, and take over 50 in this game for plus 110. Yeah, I like that, and and you can look at even on a, on a couple of things, and and one of the things that you just mentioned, the over on um, Eagles points. If you're if you're confident, over thirty one and a half is plus money, and then over thirty four and a half is plus one ninety. So if you want to get you know, uh, if you want to get kind of specific on top of what Jess is saying, you know, stacking up those those that over number total for the for the game. The Cardinals over twenty one or over twenty and a half is plus money. So like if you're I, I like if that. you are if you are confident in those things, those are those are all plus money bets. Uh, a good a good chance to make a little bit of money, right, on that one. Uh, when you look at the the props, the the one that sticks out first is obviously going to be uh, DeAndre Swift. Um, I literally just saw this move from my eyes from sixty-eight and a half to seventy and a half in like in the last ten seconds. Uh, yeah, sixty and a half over that easy, easy over seven and a half. I still think it's easy, but with at that high, it does make it a little tougher to ladder, which is something that that you and I both like to do, especially with with numbers that we thought that we think would have been locks and. Uh, you can get, I bet, oh, I bet MGM. They don't do the ten-yard increments, but you can you can do over seventy and a half and ladder that with seventy-five plus, and probably get near even money on that bet. And that's probably a, a really safe and easy play. On the flip side, let me ask you this: I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to have to run that much. Yeah, probably. And not. his number, his number is stupid high, forty-four and a half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rushing yards i almost feel like and i'm going through his numbers he hasn't he's only hit that um that number four times this year the last time he hit it was two weeks ago in their loss to seattle again if you go to his their wins or their games where they're you know winning he's only hit that once all season what i mean by that is you probably don't need him to run for a lot of yards against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, 44 and a half seems like a lot. I'd, I'd take the under on that one. We don't typically do unders on this, but no. I think <laughs> I think on, on this one, I like the under of 44 and a half. I just don't see him having to run that much yeah, that uh, makes sense. In, this, in this game. The funny thing is a prop that is... 100 percent you know easy i would not even touch and in fact the fact that his hurts plus or two plus touchdowns is plus 180 those those odds are terrible those are terrible terrible odds even as to score three or more touchdowns is plus 550 not good odds uh we've explained he is going to be the vulture the touchdown vulture um, I don't like his number. I mean, minus 280 is an absurd number unless you're just going to throw that into a, like a big parlay just to get a little extra juice. I hate that number. I wouldn't even touch it. 
Kyler at oh, like he had his two touchdown passes last week. Take this one over one and a half touchdown passes plus one seventy against that yeah. pass defense. That's a really, really, really nice looking bet right now. It really is, and and you we highlighted why right. Really bad defensively. Um, haven't haven't done a great job, and they're thirty first in passing touchdowns allowed. The other one that I like is to look at Hertz throwing an interception. He's been perilous with the ball this year, uh, and that's plus money, plus one forty. Again, doesn't mean that they're going to return it for a touchdown or anything like that, but like th- that's a that's a play I, I like as well. And, and BetMGM's the odds are even a little bit better at over half, over point five is plus one fifty five. Uh, for the moment, yeah, so, for the moment at least. <laughs> yeah, until this comes out and people hammer it, and then we're <laughs> then it's down. So, so you have those numbers. Let me ask you a couple more that are interesting. Um, AJ Brown. I feel like this is another one of those sucker bets. Eighty-one and a half. It feels like he's going to get that with ease. But you know what the the one but I think could, is. Devonte Smith, I think that's the one. That yes, they're, fifty-three and a half. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you look at you look at AJ's production this year. His his yards, he's only been under eighty-one and a half, uh, in in six games or seven games. Sorry, and he's got some absurd games, but at. Minus one fifteen. I don't like it. I wouldn't take the under. By the way, I wouldn't. I just would stay away from it because th- this could be a game that gets out of hand so quickly. Yeah. Or they're running the ball so efficiently that they don't end up needing to throw him the ball. Uh, that's just where I am with a play like that. But like Jeff said, Devonte Smith over fifty three and a half. If if AJ was closer to you know sixty, I'd play it. But like eighty one and a half, he could have seventy five in the first half. And then they don't throw the ball in the second half. And then you're just like, what is happening? Um, Trey McBride's the same thing. 64 and a half. I like that number. I would like it more at 54 and a half. Like I just, they don't have enough talent. It's ironic that you have four, uh, and at least DraftKings, you have four choices for the Eagles, but you only have two for the Cardinals, James Conner and Trey McBride. That to tell you about, all you need to know about the whole uh, yeah. situation well, in terms of <laughs> in, interesting, interesting um, line for James Conner. And this is especially after what we saw from him last week, over two and a half receptions is plus plus one fifteen. I don't know if that will end up being the same type of thing, but based on what we saw from the offense last week, I mean, three catches for Conner, especially if they're having to re- rely on the pass game and with the way, that they have to check down to the backs. Uh, what last week, Connor had five catches. Uh, Mario DiMarcato had seven catches. I I don't know if they'll they'll be able to replicate that, but with the plus odds at at plus one fifteen for over two and a half, that seems like that seems like a really really nice play. Um, that you know, if we go trending, the offense makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I really like that call. The other one is uh, Kenneth Gainwell over one and a half. Uh, they like to run screens. They like to get him out the ball out of the backfield. You know, I think that's one that he could he could get that on one drive, right? You get two <laughs> catches on one drive oh, yeah. type of thing. And so, I mean, the problem is the risk is with that. You know, you look at his numbers. He had three last week. The two previous games he had zero, but then 
the games before that, he had five and two. So again, he's kind of a uh, he's kind of all over the place, but his targets are pretty consistent. I mean, he's only had two games with zero targets. Um, he's ha- and most games he averages three targets. So like you're talking about a guy that short yardage, get him the ball. I like that one, and then. The last one, and these are the Jess specials that I, I like to look at. Jess has, you know, got me turned on to these. Uh, there's a couple. Any team scoring 40-plus points is plus 340. I don't mind that one. That's a, I mean, again. That, that's a shot in the dark, put, but, like, with. Right. <laughs> not not something you put a lot of money on, but just something to look at and go, hey, yeah, I like that. Uh, and then uh, the other one was the points bands it's something i've been looking at a lot uh the eagles 31 to 40 is plus 185 i I really like that and then they're but they're 21 to 30 plus 165 so if you're slightly cautious that's not a bad uh, those aren't bad hedges right there right right plus 165 plus 185 you can make you know you can get a little bit of of money there um, and then you know, old reliable Matt Prater is not on the board right now, no, so we don't need to like, worry about doing? that. Why do they not have any kicking props for the Cardinals? That's absurd. So, but it is one of those situations where you look at it and and um, and and just be able to get. Oh, but oh, oh. never mind. That's not good odds. And over two and a half extra points made for Jake Elliott. That's a lock. Oh, it's in minus one ninety. Don't touch it. Right. Yeah. Don't don't, don't mess with. <laughs> don't yeah. waste your money on that. <laughs> um. Final so, score predictions. What What's your final score prediction? I've got the I got the Eagles going thirty seven twenty four, and and that gives the the basically gives the Eagles. Three touchdowns, four touchdowns, three field goals. Um, basically, the Cardinals basically never stop them. Um, but the Cardinals do put up over twenty, and that that gets them to that over that that gets them over to the fifty mark. So you can you can hit that the plus odds on the on the over fifty that alternate line. But I honestly. I like this game in terms of entertainment value. We can maybe we'll see Kyler put together a high statistical performance in a blowout loss, and and maybe people will look at that and say garbage time, whatever. But you know, we're still waiting to like last week's statistical numbers were solid, and he got nothing from his receivers. So I, I kind of hope to see that sort of thing where he he puts up some numbers. They get maybe. Michael Wilson breaks open 50, 60 yards. Greg Dortch and Rondell Moore all all get a few yards, and Trey McBride as well. Um, but, yeah, I think ultimately it'll be a two-score loss that, that the Cardinals will not cover the 10.5-point spread. So I'm taking taking the Eagles, taking the over. Um, but the Cardinals actually aren't awful. So at 37-24. Yeah, I'm going to go just a little bit less, 34-21 Eagles win. Cardinals don't cover. They have a chance at the end and aren't able to uh, to get it done. This just feels like one of those games that could get out of hand quick, and then they kind of make a comeback, a la what we saw last week with the Eagles and Giants. Remember, the Giants were up, or sorry, the Eagles were up twenty to three at one point, and and you know the the Giants technically had the chance to tie it at the end. Uh, and so we'll see how this works out, but yeah, this this is not this is not a game that 
the that Jess and I have any confidence in them. <laughs> nope. Let's keep that keep the number two pick. Maybe let's get wild and have Carolina sneak a win this week and, and tie the Cardinals. Now they'll still they'll still be ahead with the strength of schedule, but the Jaguars looking kind of questionable with Trevor Lawrence maybe not playing. You know, let's let's play around with this a little bit. Cardinals lose, they further fall to three and thirteen. Um, and with that, we got one more show this week. I will be on. I'll be recording on Friday, so you'll hear it on Saturday. My interview with Eagles Wire managing editor Glenn Irby, who's been on the show before multiple times. But with that, we will wrap up this edition of the Rise of Seared Podcast, episode five hundred one, the best our best hour Cardinals talk of the web. This is our preview, picks, and prop bet show. That's Seth Cox. I'm Jess Root. Thanks for listening. As always, we'll be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise Up Red Sea, Be Red Sea Red, and of course, Rise Up Sea Red.